Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director, joined by Risha Lilienthal, Curator. That's me. That's you. And Reggie Bauer, Podcast Extraordinaire-er. Mm-hmm. Making up words today. <laughs> so, um, our pops this time, mm-hmm. they actually make sense. Oh, do they? Well, yes. Honey locust, pastries, cream, morley. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I yeah. I was reading it this morning and I thought, ah, oh, that's kind of a letdown because usually <laughs> they're a little wild. Yeah. And you can't really figure out. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I threw out honey locust when we were doing this just um, because I had the Itasca Rock Garden on my brain. Yeah. And the honey locust tree is dropping seed pods. They're mm. huge. They look like enormous kidney beans. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like the size of your palm. Wow. And they're harder than heck. You can't break them open. I think you'd need like a tool of some <laughs> screwdrivers, a hammer, something. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't pull it apart. Well, somebody picked them up when they were out there and I was like oh, are they picking up a rock because that's what it looked like <laughs> yeah yes because you cannot pick up rocks at the right. rock garden that is forbidden uh-huh forbidden uh, um but I kind of like the honey locust once we figured out what the tree was because it lends to the folklore Ooh, of what? the rock garden oh the untruths uh-huh. where um John Christensen was building it for a beekeeper, right? To be a beekeeper, yes, the, the castle, um, right? Um, a beekeeper is also called a honey farmer. Aww, I think right? I like, like that that's better. Sweet. Yeah. So anyway, that got me thinking. Oh my gosh, we need a honey farmer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the history of honey farming is in Freeborn County. I did not find anything, hmm. and I did not put Linda Evenson Extraordinaire Library and Extraordinaire on this task but i may yeah but um so my only reason for picking the honey locust is that i want a honey farmer <laughs> <laughs> and so if any honey farmers are listening contact us because we'd love you to be a honey farmer <laughs> at the itasca rock garden near the honey locust tree wow um i will say this a honey locust is a hardwood tree part of the legume family oh that's a fun word kidney bean yeah. Right? Legume. Oh, I did not know that. Beans are legumes. Oh. So are peanuts, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> peanuts grow in the ground. Weird. Dumb. <laughs> don't you just pick a peanut tree and that's not it? I'd rather not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why? Because I don't want... Oh, you're allergic to, to peanuts. <laughs> Never mind. That's fair. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, that's my honey locust contribution to this podcast <laughs> yay where did we pop to then we popped to pastries because i said honey <laughs> yes and pastries are better with honey uh, but i then thought about the bake right division of the wilson food company because ah. we have a whole big like pail in our business section it's white and then it's got this light blue in the background and there's an illustration of a guy with a chef hat at the top and it's the bake right division but it's not honey it's not honey but it's pastries it says pastry right on there (laughs) i popped a pastry you had honey (laughs) 
Um, but the Bakerite division was a division um, of the Wilson Company. It was mainly in Chicago, but I'm not sure how much of a crossover there was um, up into Albertly. I know we were mainly the meat packing, so I don't know if they did any of the kind of bakery Bakerite stuff. Sure. Um, they had a little uh, rhyme thing that they did talking about the the Bakerite 140. Um, and it's purchasing and production performed quite a feat. They found a shortening that can't be beat. They found Bakerite so uniform and bland, found the price right. The result's grand. Nice. I love it. Way better than Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I've never heard Crisco do that. I like the no, Bakerite. That's fun. really cute. Yeah. Uh, and then if you look up, though, if you look up Bakerite and you kind of go through some of, like, the Google searching stuff, uh, there's a, a public um, trial that happened because somebody sued Wilson and company uh, because of the packaging of the Bakerite um, shortening that they bought. What was wrong with the packaging? Uh, so they're like, this was in 1995, so it's a little bit later than the uh can that we have uh and they had started using a composite kind of material instead of metal for the container and a young man in 1986 bought that from a local store and he used it to prepare some food and then poured that remaining hot shortening back into the container and was didn't didn't know that the can wasn't metal. Okay, I rolled um, one yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then he carried the shortening container to the trash, and uh, when it dissolved, it splashed hot grease on his two-year-old son. Ooh. That's um, Yeah. And so they, they sued the company, saying that they didn't put a proper enough warning label on it, um, which... You'd think it would also be hot if it was metal. But right. I actually, there's so much of the like legal jargon in here that I wasn't quite sure how it actually ended up because they talked about a couple of different <laughs> like reversals and Wait, stuff. Wait, you are in an there. attorney? I'm not an attorney. No. Uh, this is not legal advice. No. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Um, it does say like the record established without contradiction that Charles Turner, the, the person who did this, um, failed to read any of the warnings affixed to the bake right container so they were like yeah it did say it would get hot right. if you put hot stuff in it hmm. um but there were also claims that it was a defective design due to the containers can like appearance and the location of the warning interesting um i yeah. i'm hoping the little boy did not get burned severely he was scarred permanently oh yeah that's very sad mm -hmm. yeah that's my sad pastry That's, story. That is really sad. So I can totally one up you. Oh boy. <laughs> I was just gonna say, always and I a competition. Think you know it is because usually she's got the good stuff, and I'm kind of trailing behind and running and grabbing my notes. Um, and I think you know this story. Oh. Because when you said pastries, I went to cream. Because I was thinking whipping cream and pastries. really what I was thinking of for some strange reason was that pastry where you fill it with whipped cream i forget <gasps> yes. what they're called oh my gosh P uh, anyway <laughs> can't think of what it's called um cream puffs Ooh. is what i was thinking of yes. big old my mom used to make cream puffs from scratch so good hmm. anyway there was a cream club what 
Interesting. Elbertly ladies organize an unique society. Their code of original laws, rails, and bylaws, mysterious spell possessed by the vagrant pitcher. That's a lot of words. The vagrant, vagrant pitcher. pitcher. <laughs> Sounds like the last <laughs> no good varmint to ever show his oh, face in Freeborn this, County. This, so this is from the Freeborn County Standard, June 3rd, 1896. And I'm going to read this because the rest of the article reads like the title. Oh, wow. And I had to read it three times. Oh, boy. <laughs> For several weeks, there has been in existence in Albert Lee a very secret, cabalistic, and occult cabal, order lodge, or society, which has excited interest and curiosity, if not consternation, the membership being confined to the fair sex. All specimens and symptoms of the masculine gender are cautiously, yet with the utmost complaints complacence sorry utterly excluded and this is what creates a wild-eyed yearning and disturbed suspicion among the husbands and maybe benedict acquaintances of the members they would like to peek behind the scenes and find out what is going on the club holds weekly meetings the place being designated by the mysterious appearance of a pitcher ornamented with a green ribbon and filled with cream. Hmm. The recipient, at once on receiving this omen, must prepare to set him up and entertain for an afternoon the score or more who, with supreme indifference, assume to take possession of the victim's premises, pickles, preserves, and other palatable possessions. I like the alliteration. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On assembling, the discussion and the suspected conspiracy commences, and that's all the world knows about it. But the aims and doings of the society are told, in part only, mind you, by their official code of laws and rules, which are herewith present. Such as are not printed, the members can say easily be read between the lines, and there you are. All right. So... I love this. Wow. I, in 1896, the ladies huh. had a secret society. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Um, the bylaws are kind of funny. Um, we shall be known as the Cream Club for more reasons than one. One, on account of the fine cream we always expect and get. Another, modestly forbids, but draw your own conclusions from the society that has for its emblem diamonds and gold leaf badges fancy members shall be enrolled alphabetically and numbered accordingly each one being known convict fashion by her number instead of name oh this precaution having been found necessary in order that our beloved and much respected husbands may not know of our whereabouts and <laughs> surprise us by making their elegant appearance unannounced at some inopportune place and time wow elegant appearance <laughs> i love that at each meeting members shall bring a penny mind you not a cent s-c-e-n-t <laughs> which will be used for the purpose of purchasing postal cards to inform members where and when the next soiree will be held the lady entertaining the club to attend to sending the cards out which will be done two or three days before the day set of the conclave 
the picture to be sent to the prospective hostess at the uninviting hour of six, the evening before the intended onslaught. Uninviting uh-huh. hour of six. Right? <laughs> wonder why that's uninviting. Around supper time, but you also just kind of want to stay home and yeah, your jammies. Maybe. I don't know. Did they do that back then? I do that, but... Well, actually, not a lot of people tended to have jammies, I don't think. Sometimes they just ended up sleeping in just the clothes they had and not even pajamas, which I think is terrible. Anyway, (laughs) uh, the menu of refreshments shall consist of wafers, coffee with nice, rich cream, and plenty of sugar, olives, and one kind of cake, and anyone digressing from this rule will be fined the fabulous sum of 25 cents, <laughs> which will go into the sinking fund towards entertaining these same wayward husbands or perchance sweethearts at a plenty sometime in the near and distant future. The membership being about full, the future requirements for enrollment in our club will be as follows. Initiation fee, $25. Holy Whoa, cow. at that time? That was just over $900 today. Wow. Whoa. Right? 25 bucks because they were full. So now you really had oh. to cough up the dinero. My goodness. Credentials from one's neighbors as to their good nature and hospitality, and the purchase of a 5 8 carat solitary water white diamond with a calf's tooth appended thereunto, the latter symbolic of the cream from which we derive our name. Not as you may think, casting any aspiration upon any of the honorable members of this frere. Also, of a silk badge lettered with the mystical motto of the club in pure gold leaf. Mystical motto. I can't find what the motto is. Right? Knowing it's mystical. It's mystical. (laughs) I guess I could. You're looking at the back of my paper. I'm like, maybe it's back there, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing the disposition of all our members and being positive that none of them would hand in their resignation from any honorable motive, it is hereby declared that all resignations shall be immediately replied to by a bill of fines for 25 cents and the resigner advised to become reassigned or resigned that we will pay our numerous respects to her at no very distant date. The 25 cents to go into the above mentioned slucking fund. S-L-U-K. Slucking? Slucking fund? I don't know. Never heard of it. I'm just so enamored that we had a secret <laughs> Apparently society. Yeah. And wouldn't you love to know what they talked about? Yeah. Like, I wish we had a diary from one of them. Right. Uh-huh. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, they actually kind of did celebratory things, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Cream Club found out that Mrs. Strauss was married just 11 years ago today and just like them, took advantage of it and took her the picture. what could she do surrender gracefully of course and that's the fun of it so they were like kind of i shouldn't say they were kind of trickers tricksters right like oh she's i don't know i just i would really love to. oh no this shirt would be inconvenient right yeah yeah. let's call her out (laughs) um i just think it would be fun to be a member Mm -hmm. (laughs) or fly on the wall Mm -hmm. yeah 
You said cream, and then I thought of creameries, because that's the exhibit that I'm working on right now. Um, and uh, we have a lot of items from Morley, Morley Dairy, which is M-O-R-L-E-A, because Albert Lee, nice. L-E-A. What was the more for? Um, well, maybe I'll get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she threw out the Lee. I thought maybe. But... <laughs> <laughs> And we have a lot of milk bottles, and then I found out what a porch box is now. You didn't know what a porch box was? I didn't know was? what a porch box is. I'm not is. sure if I know what a porch box is. When I delivered is. newspapers as a kid, we would put it in the porch box. What? I had a couple couple of my little old ladies that, that's where they wanted the paper. Is that huh. just like where they used to get like their milk delivered from the milkman? Or? Yeah. But they were... Um, at later years, they were insulated, so they really yeah. were like a little cooler, so it would keep huh. the milk cool. Yeah, and you get the little milk glass bottles in there. And then on the outside, a lot of them say loaned by and Mm -hmm. whatever, like, creamery they're Mm. getting their milk from. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any in collection? I have not. Yes. Do we? Oh, that's so awesome. We do. (laughs) Yes. We actually have some really cool things for the creamery yeah. exhibit. Yeah, we do. Um, but Morley, uh, Henry and Robert Rasmussen started the Albert Lee Milk Company. Uh, at 115 East Clark Street in March of 1905. And then in September uh, that same year, uh, Frank Peter, known as Pete Mortensen, bought the interest of his brother-in-law, Henry Rasmussen. Uh, And milk at that time was selling at five cents a quart, four quarts for 15 cents, and farmers received $1.20 per hundred for their milk. Uh, The milk was sold door to door from a large milk can from which it was poured into receptacles provided by the housewives. And milk was peddled from a two-horse-drawn wagon. And then, in August of the next year, 1906, Pete's brother Martin bought out the interest of the other brother, Robert uh, Rasmussen, and then the business continued on that same location until 1908 when they moved to West Clark Street, and milk was still sold in glass bottles and filled by hand. Oh, no, so they changed from pouring it. They put it into glass bottles and sold them directly that way, Uh, and this was something that people were really slow to accept. Uh, they thought they would get uh, a little bit more in bulk instead of in the bottled milk. Hmm. So that was something that people were pushing back against. And the, up to this point, milk was raw and unpasteurized as it came oh, from, from the farms. Uh And then in 1911, another brother, Alfred, came into the business, and that's when the ownership uh, remained that way until 1918, when John, still another brother, uh, (laughs) bought out Martin's interest. And then they incorporated in 1914 as Albert Lee Milk Company and took on the trade name of Morley Dairy. So Lee comes from Albert Lee. More comes from Mortensen, which is their last name. Mm-hmm. Mm, so like maybe because yeah. there was more brothers. That's good. <laughs> that's funny. Um, in 1916, they started churning butter, which we do have a, a big butter churn that Ooh. will be in our creameries exhibit. Um, and then in 1919, construction began on a new plant that's at 130 North Broadway. And that's the one that 
has it has 1919 on the front of the building and it's got the little ice cream cone looking things on the front it's where the current cvb is right now um and they moved into it and uh, they even put a small door for the convenience of the youngsters (laughs) who had trouble opening the large heavy door oh that's funny uh, and during World War II, employees of the Albert Lee Milk Company were guests of their employer at the Spanish dining room in the Hotel Albert. And the place cards were plain white envelopes containing a $25 war bond for each full-time employee. And each of the schoolboys who were employed part-time received $10 in war stamps. So that's nice. Oh. That's nice. Um, and then in 1958, which is the year my father was born, oh. um, it was sold to Marigold Dairies of Rochester. So, yeah. Huh. So, um, I just, I love the Morley name thing. Yeah. Uh, I love the brothers concept too. I think that's really <laughs> funny. Um, we also have a cream separator, right? That you're putting yes. in there. Yes, we do. We have so two. Linda, the librarian sent me this when I'd asked about cream. Uh, And she sent this only because she liked this one line on this advertisement. (laughs) Um, So it says, farmers, exclamation point, attention, exclamation point. Mm, Just in case you you missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need a cream separator? But right in the center of this ad, it says, to the housewife, how easy to take apart and clean. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, now I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh. Anyway, I thought that was really funny. And that, and it was being sold at a hardware store here in Albert Lake. Hmm. A milk pail to first 50 farmers milking cows who Whoa. see demonstrations. Whoa. So it was like brand spanking new. Only yeah. the first 50. Only the first yeah. 50. Pick does, up some... does cream go with popcorn? Yeah, I was going to ask me if you could pick up some popcorn on your way out. Aha! Oh, <laughs> 